Hey, welcome into the latest edition of the Denver Pioneers Coaches Show on 104.3 The Fan HD3 from the Front Range Toyota Store Studios and presented by Johnson Financial Group. My name is Tyler Mon, and uh, it's not just a coaching situation this week. It is indeed uh, an entire state of the department situation on the coaches show this week as we are joined by Denver Pioneers athletic director Josh Burlow uh it's really a, a perfect time of year to get a chance to visit Josh we hung out uh on uh Wednesday at, at BYU for a basketball road game and now you get to hang out with me again today like I said the other day you're inundated with too much Tyler Mon. well I, I appreciate the opportunity to catch up it was a lot of fun to spend a few hours with you in uh, courtside in, in Utah and, and watch our, our team battle and compete at a, at a high level. And uh, it's always great to, to pause as we near the midpoint here and do a little reflection and get excited about what lies ahead. There is a lot of great stuff uh, coming up as winter sports season continues and spring sports season really is uh, a month and a half away or so, uh, which is crazy to think, but we're coming down the stretch towards uh, the holidays. And uh, this is sort of the, the perfect time of year to look back on fall sports success, where you are currently in the winter sports calendar and a lot of other things uh, as they pertain to it's kind of like I said, the state of the athletic department right now. And let's talk uh, going back to fall sports. You uh, were in a situation coming into this year where two of your successful programs uh, were bringing on new head coaches. Megan Pendergast takes over in volleyball, Julian Sitch with women's soccer, and they immediately both go out and win uh, regular season titles in the Summit League, uh, which is pretty incredible stuff. When you now kind of get a chance to take into account the full scope of what they accomplished in their first years taking over these programs. Uh, how impressed are you with what they were able to do, two young coaches maintaining that standard of success? Well, incredibly impressed and, and frankly came in it with high expectations for both of them. They were great opportunities um, and really quick, short transitions, but very proud and, and really underscores the bright future ahead for these programs, building on a proud tradition for both of them. Uh, Coach Pendergast comes in short turnaround time and uh, given the, the pandemic and, and, and uh, Coach Hogan's health challenges and, you know, she didn't have a lot of time and, and didn't have a, a deep roster or really a full schedule. And she not, hit the ground running, probably doesn't uh, do enough justice to, to how hard and, and fast and energetically she came in. But um, built out her roster, built out uh, a schedule, built out a staff and, and you know, a little bit of a, of a stumble to, to get going with uh, not many wins in the first six weeks. But then. Here we are uh, in the semifinals, a point away from making it to the title game after winning a share of the regular season championship. And from my seat, one of the cool things of, of the many cool things I get to see behind the scenes is how much fun the kids had this year. I mean, they just had a blast. Their culture, uh, just the, the enjoyment, the love of the game that she rekindled in some of them. And those young women leave here that that aren't coming back with with their heads held high and and uh, academically accomplished, of course, at the University of Denver. So bright things ahead, and and thrilled with what Megan was able to accomplish with with her team there, and just the energy and positivity uh, coming out of of the season. And um, it, it shows, right? It shows a relentless positive attitude and a, a lot of hard work still make a, a big difference in the world. And 
Julian Sitch comes in with a lot of expectations, a fairly intact roster, um, coming off the Division Three Men's National Championship at the University of Chicago and hits the ground running as well. I had some some big Power Five wins, again, regular season title, um, and and the bright future also there. I think there may be a higher ceiling for women's soccer uh, than than we, we've thought to have in the past. So uh, her energy and, and just infectious work ethic, the way that the young women have bought in, um, that that future is super bright and uh, we're going to be hosting some hosting some some more trophies in both of those programs for sure. Another one uh, in which Denver fans have gotten really accustomed to hoisting trophies is men's soccer and Jamie Francis team dealt with, you know, so many injuries to not just, you know, key role players, but really stars this year. And they still are able to make it to the second round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, from your perspective with what Jamie Franks has done, another guy who is still a young coach, uh, the culture that he has built, the talent that he continues to bring in and retain. Um, what does that say about him and about the program that he's constructed? Well, I, I, to boil it down very simply, Tyler, I would just say culture wins. And and Jamie's built the culture here. And, you know, it, 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 a lot of teams would get rattled by losing not only key impact players, but but leaders on the team. And uh, leading from the sidelines is certainly something that happens, but it's harder to do. It's harder to have the same level of, of impact. So I was with them down in Dallas in the second round of the tournament. I actually flew from Dallas up to um, – Sioux Falls for the the semifinal of volleyball and you know coming away from those two games two losses frankly but I've I don't know in my career I've come away from two games and been as proud and impressed and excited about what lay ahead uh in those two instances I mean battling through the the injuries uh shuffling uh, what they were doing and how they have to do it um and and coming so close against SMU to uh, to win that game multiple posts in the final minutes of the contest uh, and and the resiliency it really speaks to in a lot of ways why sports is so important uh, it brings people together it it shows us how to navigate adversity whether you're doing it or you're watching it and i again came away from that that crazy three days of travel all over the country and not even being able to book flights because we didn't know who was going to be where when but um believing that culture wins and just being so impressed with the the character and the resiliency and you know one of the things about high expectations is they are incredibly hard to live up to. Uh, but you really don't want to be part of something that doesn't have high expectations. And, and that's exactly what DU men's soccer is and, and how Jamie and his staff have built a pretty special program there. So again, odd to to have this, you know, 48 hour plus tour of the middle of the country and, and come back after witnessing two losses, but two really proud locker rooms uh, that that felt good about what they'd accomplished and and what what they still will do in the future. When uh, you talk about fall sports, you, you know, are accustomed to 
hearing about volleyball and soccer and all that. But uh, one of the sports that made some of the biggest headlines around DU this fall uh, was women's triathlon, which uh, got a chance to to compete and nearly come away on the podium uh, in the US, USA Triathlon National uh, Collegiate Championships in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, they end up finishing fourth as a team on a tiebreaker. But uh, Myra Caro, who is a, a freshman, comes in and wins the program's first national championship individually. Um, and what a springboard that is uh, to get something started on a note like that, really in a program still in its infancy for Barbara Perkins. A hundred percent. And again, you know, culture wins. Um, that's a team that that is new for us and they've built something uh, pretty cool in, in a short period of time. And I happen to be at that event as well. And, you know, I think Myra still had plenty of gas in the tank. She's high-fiving and fist pumping her way across the finish line. So, uh, but really impressed how, uh, Coach Perkins and her nucleus of of seasoned leaders have built up that program in a short period of time that, you know, competing with some very, very large universities and succeeding, which of course is what we do here at, at the University of Denver. Um, but it was great to, to see the support there and um, how quickly they've established themselves. I mean, there was, we were in the hunt the whole time. Um, and following a triathlon is a little bit akin to following like a cross country race. You got to bounce around and watch the different elements of it. And uh, it was just, it was really fun to to be there. And we had some extra fans who were down because the hockey team was playing Arizona state and they were excited and they came over and supported the triathletes. So uh, again, just another program that has really established itself pretty quickly. And, and I think, think will continue to be successful uh and and like just you know probably a theme of our conversation but bright days ahead josh when you uh came to this athletic department uh you became instantly you know as as much as the the people around you and the coaches around you uh so familiar with how much pride the university takes in the student athlete model graduation success rate data that came out last week. Do you combine for a 95% graduation success rate across the entire athletic department? That's the second best score in the department's history. How important was that in, in your decision-making process to come here, be part of that uh, and to be able to not just carry that on right now, but be improving on, you know, recent years, which have already been outstanding. It's, it's a pretty cool place to be. Well, there's no question. It was a huge piece of why I want to be a part of the University of Denver. Competing against Denver pretty much my whole career, primarily uh, in, and I would say, hockey and, and soccer and lacrosse at, during my time at uh, Notre Dame and, and in Duluth. Um, I had a pretty good lens in it, into this place. And, you know, I, I, I've always felt like winning with integrity and high academic achievement is just better when you're not cutting corners, when, you, when you're really helping prepare the student athletes for success in life. Um, and then you can still have elite level national success. That's a really special, cool thing. And our recent report of, of um, the academic success, the graduation success rate metric from the NCAA just further underscores uh, the, the incredible success that we have here and doing it the right way. Uh, is something to be especially proud of. So, you know, my mom worked at two Ivy League institutions, and I don't think she'd be very happy with me if I was um, leading a ship that didn't really value and emphasize uh, academic achievement with integrity. All right, Josh, what about the the community involvement with the athletic department? That's such an important element of really all college athletics, but it's something that so often goes under the radar um how important is that for you for your coaches for your athletes 
Oh, I think it's incredibly important. I think the time that our athletes spend uh, supporting their community and, and, you know, that could be a whole host of things. It can be working at the food bank. It can be reading the kids. It can be doing youth sports clinics. It can be do a habitat, a habitat house. It could be any number of things, but I, I think it's just such a healthy endeavor and it's cliche that you, you get more than you give, but you, know, you think of our student athletes and their incredibly intense schedules and all the demands and all the pressures that they and others put on, put on, uh, it, it's a lot. But then you spend some time, and I think you get reminded about what's really important. You get centered a little bit. Perspective comes back into focus after a lot of um, competitive and academic expectations. And I think it's it's a catalyst for, for success. So uh, not only is it a, a, a key element of the mission of the institution but I really and, and athletics, but I really believe it contributes to competitive success. Uh, it's it's something that uh, I, I've always prioritized in in my life, and it's it's great to see our student athletes do it and give back, and um, to hear them talk about how much fun they have doing it is pretty special. That is pretty cool stuff, and uh, we got a lot more to discuss on this week's episode of the Denver Pioneers Coaches Show from the Front Range Toyota Store Studios and presented by Johnson Financial Group, Tyler Mon, Pioneers Athletic Director Josh Burlow. We will uh, step aside for a timeout, bring it on back and talk some winter sports and some more uh, as the Pioneers Coaches Show rolls on on 104.3 The Fan HD3. Denver Gymnastics season tickets are the best value in town, and the entertainment is priceless. And a stuck landing. That was a beautiful routine. I don't know where the judges are going to take any deductions on that. Learn more about DU Gymnastics offerings at denverpioneers.com or social media outlets. Sunday Fun in Magnus Arena, Denver's home of college sports. Yeah, so picture perfect. Is that the sound of an ooey-gooey, cheesy, crunchy slice of P-I-Z-Z-A? <laughs> Obviously. But as good as that sounds, we think it can get even better. Oh, yeah. That's the sound of a freshly opened, fizz-filled Pepsi. The only thing that can take this flavor medley of crunchy dough, mouth-watering cheese, and savory sauce to the next level. How about another bite? Pepsi and pizza sound like a match made in heaven and taste even better. Pizza. Better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Continuing along on 104.3, the fan HD3. It's the Denver Pioneers Coaches Show presented by Johnson Financial Group from the Front Range Toyota Store Studios. Tyler Mon and Pioneers Athletic Director Josh Burlow as we round the corner toward 2024, uh, as wild as that is. And Josh, we got a chance, uh, as noted at the top of the show, to hang out in Provo, Utah together the other night as the Pioneers uh, battled the BYU Cougars and uh, taking on a top 20 team for the second consecutive week. Uh, DU men's basketball, six and three start to the season, you know, could have been uh, a seven and two, if not a buzzer beater that goes the other way, could have been eight and one. Um, but historic success in the starts to the last two seasons under Jeff Wolverine. And then this team goes and plays back-to-back -back ranked teams for the first time since 1957, a slightly different era in college athletics. Um, I know how much you like being on the road uh, with teams and seeing how they travel, how they compete. One of the things that you mentioned to me when we got to halftime was how impressed you were with the compete level uh, for that men's team that ends up taking the loss uh, to to BYU. But no shame in dropping a game in one of the most hostile road environments in college basketball to a ranked team. What were some of your takeaways from that trip? Well, I think you hit the first one. I mean, the compete level uh, that that our team showed and and really the success they had in the second half. 
um, was was impressive. That's a team that believes in their ability to succeed. Um, they competed. They, they, they were not intimidated. Um, they continued to play their game and, and had success. And I think you learn a lot when you play the best. And BYU, that is a very, very good basketball team. Uh, and I think we we learned about our strengths and our weaknesses uh, at the highest level. And it's going to be a tool that, and I've talked to Coach um, since we got back, but something that Jeff and the staff are going to use to help get continue to get better uh, as we have a few more games here before turning the page to the Summit League season at the end of the month. So uh, I think it's exciting to see the momentum and the progress and around the corner, as we get into the conference schedule, there are uh, all of our goals uh, are still out there. And that's something that as you reach the midpoint of the season is still have many of your goals be attainable uh, is a measure of success. So uh, really impressed with the, the level that the guys competed. I don't think many of them have seen uh, basketball teams that are that physical and, and that athletic in, in their careers. Uh, and and that's a proud program that has a great history of success that I would say Denver more than held their own. So that was building upon a very strong performance up in Fort Collins. And yeah. I think that there's a lot of positivity and momentum to to take from those two games. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that we believe in moral victories uh, in, in sports. They don't, there's no column for moral victories, but I do think that there are character building moments. And, and our program has experienced a couple of those with pride. One of the things that you said to me the other day that really stuck with me is it's not a matter of if, but a matter of when the Pioneers are going to spring a win uh, over a, a power five opponent or a ranked opponent or something like that. Um, DU played so well against CSU, as you noted last week, uh, losing in, in Provo, but by about half of the average win margin of the season for BYU this year. Um, for Jeff Wilburn and for Dosha Woods on the women's side, there's been such good growth over the last couple of years. Jeff's gone, you know, increasing win totals year after year. Dosha last year, the Summit League season was such a great step for her and her program going on the road to South Dakota and grabbing a win, for example. Um, when you look at where Dosha's team is right now, the women's team – 22-point home win at Stetson last week. They got a couple more games as they get set for Summit League play. What have you seen from them so far? Well, again, a high compete level. A um, lot of positivity coming out of, of last year and, and playing for a bye on the last day of the regular season. And I think uh, there's a strong opportunity that you're going to see once again a strong Summit League performance from them, uh, hoping to get some momentum going into the Summit League season for them. But if you look at their roster and uh, defensive conference player of the year and and Emma Smith, who I, I don't even know that I can recall the number of times that she was um, newcomer or freshman of the week last year, just a lot of momentum and positivity for both of these programs. And if you look at the array of sports we have here and the success, you know, the, the championship uh, banners are pretty shy on the, the basketball side. But as we build momentum, and it's a tough time to do it with some new challenges in collegiate sports, uh, but the fundamentals at Denver are so strong. I really believe that that basketball excellence can be attained and it's going to take some time and it's going to take some commitment and investment, but I really don't see a barrier to it. It's something that I was, was curious why we hadn't realized and we've had some moments and we've come close, um, but I look forward to finally checking a few of those boxes as to uh, some of the, the, the competitive success in basketball that we've been seeking.
Well, and it's you bring up a lot of great points. Um, the fact that there has been kind of this surprising lack of of historical success for Denver basketball on the men's and women's side. Um, and you mentioned, you know, it does take a, a commitment and an investment. Um, we're of course going to end the show talking about hockey, but one more on on basketball before we get there. Um, you know, hockey this year, a new uh new board system goes in. Uh the the resurfacing at Magnus Arena. Lacrosse has got a, a gorgeous new playing surface. What's kind of the next step when you look at things from an administrative standpoint um, for basketball, how do you help Jeff and Dosha take that next step uh, with what you guys can do providing that infrastructure for them? Yeah, I think it's continuing to build on the game environments and and being a part of you know, the Ritchie Center is just an exceptional complex that was ahead of its time, but we've got to take these facilities into the next 25 years. So we're working on a lot of projects behind the scenes, but things that really touch the majority of our student athletes and um, having a, a clear plan. We're undergoing a strategic planning process now and identifying uh, the elements that are most ripe for improvement and enhancement, and that's going to benefit all of our programs. So we've got to continue to elevate the game day atmosphere, elevate the behind-the-scenes support for the basketballs and all of our programs, um, and and keep moving our facilities forward. And as all those pieces come together, it lifts everybody up. And I think that that's a key element of our strategy going forward. You've got to do some of that stuff here over the last year plus now with the the refreshed logos for the university um, and some of the work that was done on the the first floor, especially at the Ritchie Center, um, a facelift there, some new cool elements for the student athlete spaces. Um, and I know how much you have emphasized increasing the fan experience uh, from day to day, uh, whether it's at hockey or other events. Uh, tell us about what that's been like, you know, the the new turf at Peter Barton Stadium, the new boards in Magnus Arena, uh, some enhanced concessions options. What have those things, things been like for you to tackle and how have those been received by fans you've talked to? All the feedback that we've gotten thus far has been incredibly positive. We we created uh, a fan advisory board who meets a couple of times a year and, and gives us some feedback on what we what they think we need to be focusing on. We've implemented some student-athlete feedback systems so that when we're making investments, when we're elevating certain functional areas, we're doing the ones that are most important to those that are are, are using them every day. So it's been great. I've got a laundry list of, of things. I've, the list is longer than the hours in the day or the dollars available, but it's, it is certainly exciting to be working on some of those projects. And some of them are going to be very apparent because they're forward facing and some of them are pretty behind the scenes, but they're all going to impact the support and the infrastructure for our student athletes to achieve their goals. And uh, I just, again, <laughs> can't can't uh, find enough hours in the day or the funding to do all the things that that are on my task list but uh they they really are going to make a difference and help Denver continue to be who we are from a competitive and academic excellence standpoint you mentioned a little while ago we're in such a, a transitional and transformative era in college athletics with name image and likeness stuff and um the way athletes are able to move now via the transfer portal and all that how has that been for you navigating that um, with, uh, you know, an athletic department that's in a unique circumstance, not a football school? Uh, it's such a, a strange time around college sports, it feels like, for everybody. What has that been like over your your first, uh, you know, couple of real full seasons now uh, here in Denver? Yeah, you know, I, I think one of the pieces that hasn't been discussed enough about the current state of evolution in college athletics is all of the good that's come out of it. 
there are things that we can do for our student athletes now um, that not that long ago we weren't allowed to around food and nutrition and um, number of, of people that we can have to support them. So I've seen a lot of really good things happen. That's and and frankly, the way the University of Denver supports the student body is at a pretty high level and our athletes can benefit from, from that as well. Um, one of the challenges is that we're in an environment where there's a lot of ambiguity and unpredictability. Um, I'm a big supporter of student athlete empowerment, mobility. Um, I want them to be able to use their name, image, and likeness and, and learn life lessons from being able to sort of be their own business at times. So we've got a lot to work through there as uh, the enterprise of intercollegiate athletics. And certainly uh, the, the amount of uncertainty makes it a little bit harder to plan and to strategize. We're fortunate here at the University of Denver that we are so successful. We don't have some of the urgency that others do. At the same time, uh, I, one of my core beliefs of success in sports is fighting complacency. So we've got to be a little bit more strategic than everybody else does because we don't necessarily have uh, the ability to to invest in everything at the same time, but we we do robustly support our programs. It's one of the reasons that we were eighteen and ten against the Power Five last year, and I believe that we will continue to do that. And we've just got to be a little bit more intentional and make sure that our investments are in the highest impact areas for our student athletes. And that's why we've embraced a strategic planning process and we're looking to elevate revenues and philanthropy and just lift up all the support for our coaches and student athletes, because we know who we are here at the University of Denver. We know what we stand for. and We know what we seek to achieve. Uh, we just have to continue to find the right path forward for us. And it might be different than some other places, but uh, it absolutely will be all about supporting our programs so that we can recruit, retain coach and develop the best student athletes in the country. Well, some of those student athletes, of course, are uh, members of your nine-time national championship hockey program. And you head into this holiday break. Uh, if you're DU hockey, 12, five and one fifth in the country, uh, three splits and a sweep so far in the NCHC, a six, one win over Colorado college in the biggest crowd uh, presence in the history of Magnus arena with over 7,000 uh, in attendance for that night. That game was such a blast. Um, the, the time that you have now been in Denver, we've already seen attendance records shattered. Um, what has that been like? The, the regional last year was jam packed. Um, you were here obviously, uh, in, in a different capacity at that Ooh. time with that Loveland regional, but the way the college hockey passion has really exploded and, and even just hockey in general, in this region with the Stanley cup championship, a couple of years ago, how have you watched that grow and evolve over the last couple of years? Well, I think it's been great to see, and, and we have a incredible fan base, uh, obviously, hockey is a huge piece of that, um, and we've tried some new tactics and and some new techniques to um, maximize attendance and um, engage the student body at a higher level with our our, our friends in the pile pack. And it's it's exciting to see the passion. Um, you know, for me, I, I knew that this was a strong, robust fan base. Uh, last year's gold pan game at Ball Arena, I think, was quantifiable evidence of such when you're putting almost 19,000 people into a building for a regular season college hockey game. We're going to continue to work on more events. I'm not going to tell you any details, but we're we're working on on more events um, like that. And 
providing the opportunity to have our fans engage and then making sure they have a blast. And that's uh, watching incredible young people compete at a high level. And it's making sure that we're, we're engaging and uh, focusing on all the things that make events fun. And that's the food and the music and all the elements of putting on a show because college sports is so much fun to be a part of. And college sports offer something a little bit different than the professional sports experience. It's a little bit more intimate. It's generally a little bit cheaper. The parking's easier, the traffic and those types of things. So we're really trying to, to articulate our value proposition that we are the home for college sports in Denver. And you can come over to campus and have a, have a great time and get to know the student athletes a little bit and uh, in a much more intimate setting. And, and we love pro sports, but college is, is attendance is a great complement to all the, the impressive pro franchises we have here in Denver. And uh, I would encourage anybody to pick a game, give us a chance. I think you'll have a great time. I'm completely on board with you with that. Uh, Josh, final point for you. You've got one of the best hockey programs in the country. They head into this break, as I noted, uh, at fifth in the uh, in the rankings. And uh, you send a head coach and David Carl off to coach the United States World Juniors team for just the second time in DU history. A DU head coach will be the head coach of that program. Uh, you got the top scoring offense in the country with this team. Uh, the goaltending situation has been kind of fluid throughout the year. Matt Davis suffered uh, an injury early on in the season. You kind of want to, you know, hone in the defensive side. If you're David Carl and the staff, I'm sure that's going to be a point of emphasis. But all of that being said, 12, five and one, number five in the country. How much fun has it been watching David Carl and the Pioneer so far? Oh, it's such a great program and culture and the staff and the experience on the staff, quality of the student athletes. It, honestly, it really doesn't get much better than that. That is Josh Burlow, Pioneers Athletic Director, the Denver Pioneers, uh, with a packed January coming up. If you haven't already been out to an event, we've still got basketball games. Hockey will return at the end of the month. Uh, but coming up in January, uh, it's it's chaos all across campus with uh, events at Magnus, uh, Magnus Arena and the Hamilton Gymnasium and inside the Ritchie Center, all kinds of fun stuff. Josh, thanks so much for the time. So good to, to hang out with you the other night in Provo, and uh, we'll catch you on campus soon. Be well, go Pios. Wrapping up this week's episode of the Denver Pioneers Coaches Show presented by Johnson Financial Group from the Front Range Toyota Store Studios. My name is Tyler Mom. We'll talk to you next time on 104.3 The Fan HD3.